Hello there, avid listeners. Thanks again for tuning into Sin's Workshop. Hope you're having a wonderful day. So, <laughs> today we're going to be talking about Rise of Night and Sword by Miriam Wade. This is supposed to be a steampunk retelling of King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table. Um, yeah. <laughs> this was probably one of my least favorite reads of 2022. It was just um, god awful. <laughs> I actually did not finish this book. I made it about 33% um, through it. I tried. My goodness, I tried. And I just couldn't get through it. And part of the reason is I was excited about the steampunk aspect of the story. I really was. But there was no steampunk in this story. It was cyberpunk. And clearly, you know, that should have been the tip-off of, oh boy, this writer clearly doesn't know the difference between steampunk and um, cyberpunk, or at least not enough to really um, talk about them in a way. Her descriptions were reminiscent of cyberpunk. You know, steampunk is more. Everything is steam-powered. Everything runs on steam. It's very kind of vintage and Victorian in a way. And I get that she was going for a 1920s vibe. I also didn't feel that 1920s vibe in the story. I got a really cool Ocean's Eleven kind of vibe to the story. Um, especially once Guinevere joins Arthur and Mordred in their bounty hunting. I think there were, that was cool. You know, I do see the potential in the story. But... Everything that I was reading, it was reading like cyberpunk. I wasn't really getting that steampunk aspect of the story. And I love steampunk, you know. One of my favorite steampunk stories is Lady Mechanica. Oh my god, Lady Mechanica. If you want steampunk, that is amazing. But, <laughs> I digress. I wasn't getting that feel from the storytelling. It read like cyberpunk from the description, from just the overall structure of the story, or lack thereof, it read like cyberpunk. So I was already kind of disappointed by that. I did like the fact that Guinevere was an archivist, you know, and she found this map that'll lead her to Excalibur, and she wants to take Excalibur and somehow disrupt Uther's rule on Avalon, which I was already kind of iffy about that as well. Just like, mm, Avalon is the mystical city. You know, Camelot's the place where it all happens. But I'm just like, you know what? I'll let it slide. <sighs> I just didn't get a strong sense of the world building here. I wasn't able to grab myself in the story. And then when Arthur and Mordred meet Guinevere, it was just kind of like meh, a scene. You definitely get that insta-love trope between Arthur and Guinevere, which I get. You know, I understood that. That happens in the original tale as well. Instantly fall in love. They're instantly drawn to one another. But I wanted a little bit more substance there that I wasn't getting, unfortunately. Then you have the dinosaurs. Um, you know, I love Jurassic Park. I read Jurassic Park. I like the movies they're fun um 
But at least the dinosaurs there serve a purpose. I have no idea what the dinosaur, what the purpose of the dinosaurs is here. It was like a really weird mix of genres for this story. You've got fantasy and sci-fi and dinosaurs. Now it's just like, what is this chaos that I'm reading? And the dinosaur aspect just really threw me. Like I know it says it in this, you know, synopsis. Oh yeah, it's a dinosaur. There are dinosaurs in this story, but it was just so poorly done in my opinion. I just couldn't wrap my head around it and it just disillusioned me further from reading the story to the point where I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to keep doing this to myself. I can't keep reading this. This is just not well written. There's no world building. The similarities between the story and the original King Arthur, it ends at the names. You know, yes, you have the names of places, the name of the weapon, and the name of people. That's it. I again see the potential for the story, you know. <clears throat> Mordred and Arthur are bounty hunters and they report to Morgan Le Fay. Merlin is a gender-bent psychic, I guess, tarot reader. Again, lots of potential <clears throat> to developing the story. But overall, it was like very stretched out and it was just not cohesive and there was no world building and there was no substance. So I did not finish this book. I couldn't even make it halfway and my god I tried. I tried so hard. I was just like let me just make it to 50%. Let me just make it. No. I stopped at 33% on the mark. I couldn't do it. So <laughs> this was a did not finish. Uh, it gets one out of five stars and I feel like that's me being generous. Um... But you know what? If you look online, there were a lot of people who actually did like the story. And I'm just like, what am I missing? So, like I say always, literature is art. It's subjective to each person. So, because of that, I'm still going to say, check it out yourself. You know, maybe you'll like it. Maybe you'll see something I don't. Maybe something in the story will draw you in <clears throat> that failed to draw me in. So I will include links of where to purchase the book in the description of the podcast. And on that note, I hope you all will continue to support me here by liking this podcast, subscribing to it, and sharing it with all your book-loving friends. You can also become a supporter on Buy Me a Coffee with a one-time donation of a dollar or by making a 99-cent monthly donation on Anchor FM, my recording platform. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day, and as always... Happy reading.